Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. Yesterday I learned that Dr. Kevin Vost, who's been a guest with me probably a dozen times over the years, and someone who I really enjoyed and greatly respected, I learned that he entered eternity on Tuesday morning. It was a shock to me and uh, took many of his friends with complete surprise. I wasn't a close friend of Kevin's, wasn't an intimate but knew him well enough to know that he was a tireless writer and speaker committed to the Catholic faith. He had earned a doctorate in clinical psychology, worked with the Department of Disability for the state of Illinois, but I think it's fair to say that his passion was in building up the body of Christ, beginning with his home, his domestic church, uh, with his wife Kathy, his boys, his grandchildren, and his local parish, St. Catherine Drexel. He was a prolific writer. We shared a commitment as lay Dominicans to the spirituality of St. Albert the Great, Thomas Aquinas, St. Catherine of Siena, Rose of Lima, and many other hounds of the Lord, which, by the way, was a survey of many great Dominican saints. That was one of Kevin's books. But he wrote on health and holiness. He wrote on uh, memorization. He wrote on the Beatitudes, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the seven deadly sins. And I thought, to honor Kevin— and to motivate us to pray for him, I thought I'd share with you a portion of an interview that we did together based on his book, The Four Friendships, from Aristotle to Aquinas. Let's have a listen. How did friendship function in the ancient Greek world of Aristotle? That's a great question because, you know, some, some there are historical differences at times, yeah. but there's also some perennial things that, that never change. And I find that that is especially of interest to Aristotle. I mean, friendship was definitely an important, cherished thing then. Aristotle writes about it in his book, The Nicomachean Ethics. He writes about it after he covers about seven chapters on virtue, and he views it as kind of something that springs from virtue. When we build these perfections within ourselves, we're going to share that through virtuous uh, friendships. And something Aristotle often did, too, in writing about ethics he wrote about it based on what, what he saw before him, what good and noble people were doing in his day. So just from that fact, we can see that friendship was cherished, you know, even in the you know, 4th century B.C. in Greece, in ways that they're still relevant to our time. Mm-hmm. You know, is, do you think friendship is uh, under pressure in today's world where the word friend has been emptied of a lot of its prior significance so that buddies now become friends, Um, friends you have on Facebook are a legion. Uh, Is friendship in danger of being uh, reduced to just buddiness? Yes, I I think so, Al, very much so. Uh, You know, it's almost become to replace acquaintances and and not disparage good things that can come from social media. Sure. But oftentimes our, you know, what are termed friends in social media are people who aren't even actual acquaintances, people we've never actually seen face-to-face. So we do have to worry about this watering down because all these four great writers really spelled out in detail what what real friendship is. And it it kind of starts, the earliest was Aristotle, Mm -hmm. who talked about three fundamental classes of friendship that still ring true today. Mm -hmm. Friendships based on utility or use, where we can kind of help each other out. It might be based during, like, when we're in school, we're studying with friends, or in business, we can work with each other. So these friendships of use or utility There's a higher level of friendship based on pleasure. We just enjoy each other's company. But Aristotle wrote about the truest, most complete friendship, being a friendship based on virtue, where where we see the good in one another, 
And where our friendship is not based on, well, you know, how can I use you? How can you bring me gain? Or how can you be pleasant to me? But, but how can I do things for you? How can I show you that I appreciate the goodness and the virtue of your soul? So this highest level of virtuous friendship that Aristotle wrote about, I think should be a standard that inspires us even today to really have the, the truest sense of what friendship is all about. Yeah. I, do, does that, do any of these um, writers consider the, the friendship between David and Jonathan in the Old Testament, which was a covenantal friendship, where uh, a willingness to die for the other, um, is, is that something, in other words, what does bind um, in Aristotle's thinking, for instance, what binds the friends? Certainly, in the first class, it's utility, as you point out, it's use. Your your business friends or your study friends. Uh, then you have the friend who you're bound to by your pleasure. You enjoy the same things. You see the world in a way that enables you to laugh together uh, at the same things. The last one, virtue, the friendship. When you see the good in another that you're attracted to. And what obligations does that type of friendship impose upon you? Yes, there it really does impose a serious uh, uh, a binding, even according to Aristotle, because he says that we treat the other friend as a second self. Interesting. Really, these real friendships are based on our self-love in the highest form, where we love what's the best about ourselves, the fact that God gave us you know, intellects and wills. Yeah. So we yeah. love not just our capacity to seek pleasures or, or get material gains, but our capacity to, to seek out and to know what is true, to love what is good. This is what Aristotle says to truly bind us in friendship. So we seek out the truth with each other. We, we seek the good with each other, and we seek it not only for ourselves, we expend our energy to, to provide that good to our friend, to provide uh, benefits to him. So so those the pleasure and, and usefulness also usually do come with the true friendship, but it is side effects. Yeah. The real virtuous yeah. friend wants to benefit his friend. He wants to be pleasant uh, and, and affable to his friend. Very good. Now, when Thomas Aquinas reads uh, Aristotle's treatment of friendship, how does he revise it? Uh, how does he agree with it? How does he relate to it? Oh, that's great. And, and yeah, he, he does all of those things, you know, a very, very detailed characteristic of St. Thomas Aquinas. So I will say for the most part, for the fundamental ideas of Aristotle, these different three kinds of friendships mm-hmm. that they're based on the appropriate kind of self-love, Thomas very much uh, borrows from him. In his treatise on charity, he defines uh, charity, you know, that theological virtue, as friendship uh, for God. And he, he bases that, of course, on when Christ told us he will no longer call us servants for uh, yes. friends. Right. He also bases it on Aristotle. But I'll say there's a very intriguing way that Thomas differs from Aristotle. Aristotle says that one thing we would not wish for our friend would be to become as a god. And, of course, he's talking at that time about the Greek gods. He said because we want a friend to be another self. And if a friend had that highest good of becoming like a god, they wouldn't be a creature like us. We don't, so we wouldn't really wish that for a friend because we can't be friends with a god. Interesting, yeah. So Thomas okay. shows how God became man and showed us that's exactly what we're called to do, to be friends with God himself. Christ himself gave <laughs> his life 
to the week of a conference. I think that's the most amazing transformation that, that uh, St. Thomas applied to the friendship writings of Aristotle. That's beautiful. Um, yes, because, again, we are to be the friends of God, and that's what the saints are, uh, friends of God. And we will for our friends that they become saints, that they become friends uh, of God. Um, Absolutely. And that doesn't diminish our friendship, um, does it? I mean, that enhances our friendship. Absolutely. Uh, for example, when, when St. Albert was talking about Cicero's writing, which he greatly respected and, and cited profusely, he said as a young man, they made a huge difference on him because he was mired in these worldly friendships kind of based in, in vice. But Cicero kind of led him to start seeing the true nature of friendship. But he said after he became immersed in the Scripture, even Cicero's writings no longer had their same savor for him right. once he became uh, acquainted with the sweetness of the name of Christ and the salt of the Holy Scriptures. Huh, interesting. In in the um, constellation of virtues that compose the Christian life, where does St. Thomas Aquinas place friendship? Yes, for St. Thomas, you know, he has, his, you know, of course, his wonderful exposition of all the virtues in the second part of Summa Theologica, mm-hmm. the, the cardinal moral virtues, the intellectual virtues, those three, you know, theological virtues that God infuses in us of faith, hope, and charity. And for Thomas, the, the mother of the virtues is that virtue of charity. And Thomas says that the charity is actually a friendship with God. So in that sense, this idea of friendship transformed you know, through God's charity becomes kind of the, the source of the source, the ultimate form of all virtue of all our human actions. Uh. You know, Christ's great commandment to, to love God, you know, with all that we are, to love our neighbor as ourselves. Thomas says that you know this is the command to this high form of charitable friendship. So the really then human friendship in St. Thomas Aquinas is measured or, or is certainly related to first of all our friendship with God. Yes, yes, uh, he makes this very very explicit in in his article he, he looks at friendship too like Aristotle from all kinds of different angles. Yeah. His first question I address is whether the love of charity stops at God or extends to our neighbor. And he explains just how this love of God, you know, reaches out to our neighbor and in what ways, how it reaches out most intensely actually to those who are closest to us, like, like a furnace. Those closest to a furnace get the most heat. But Christ told us, too, that the love of charity extends to everyone. So our furnace, you know, reaches out even to enemies. It incorporates, you know, love of ourself, yeah. love of our higher self, even love of our body in showing gratitude that God gave us uh, physical bodies. Yeah, yeah. So then, in what way is friendship different than the more generalized neighbor love? Yeah, and this is a great question that both think, you know, Alred and Thomas go into at great length. You know, Christ, of course, called us to, you know, to love our neighbor, which includes everyone. You know, sure. every, every person on earth we're supposed to have that love. We're supposed to treat with love and care and respect and be concerned about their welfare. Uh, but the spiritual friendship or the virtuous friendship, while on earth, is more limited because, because our time is limited. We can't share vast amounts of time you know, and energy and resources with more than a few people. So, so charity calls us to love everyone, but it also calls us to love certain people in, in certain special ways. Like, for example, the way we're to honor and love our parents. Our parents are to honor and love their children. So there's kind of a, a hierarchy in there. And I will say, too, just, Al, what comes to mind, a wonderful insight from St. Elred. He says that while on earth we have limited time to develop these virtuous spiritual friendships with mm-hmm. a limited number of people, but he says in heaven 
we will have the capacity to develop spiritual friendships with all of the communion of saints. Something amazing to think about. And I certainly hope Kevin has uh, is sharing those conversations in heaven as we speak. In any event, we need to pray for his soul. And uh, he's just, a, again, a delightful guest in his writings on memorizing the Mass, the Catholic Guide to Loneliness. St. Albert the Great wrote on, uh, I mentioned earlier, the Hounds of the Lord, the great Dominican saints that every Catholic should know. But he wrote on Thomas Aquinas in The Last Things, Grace Under Pressure. Just He ranged over as wide a field as, uh, I, as anybody I know. So Kevin Vost, 62 years old, died 6 o'clock Tuesday morning. And so I ask you to just uh, remember him in prayer. And thank God for the gift that Kevin was to all of us. I'm Al Crestor. <laughs>